My name is Sibongile Ngako, and this is Fem Power You, the podcast series where we talk about topics to help empower women personally, professionally, and financially. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Rachel Burns um, to talk about financial wellness, particularly for women who have gone through a divorce or the death of, death of a spouse or a loved one. Um, but let me tell you a bit about Rachel. Rachel is a certified financial planner and certified divorce financial analyst based in Folsom, California. She is the founder of True Worth Financial Planning, which helps newly single women achieve financial independence after divorce or after the death of a spouse. And through her own personal experience navigating trauma and finances, she found her calling to support and empower other women during the most challenging transitions of their lives. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Um, so let's dive right in. Uh, the bio mentioned your own experience um, with trauma and having to navigate uh, finances. Can you talk a bit about that experience and how you managed to find the strength to see your way through? Sure. So about four years ago, almost four years ago, exactly, actually, um, my husband was diagnosed with brain cancer <clears throat> at almost the exact same time that we found out we were pregnant with twins. Oh, wow. So this was like a couple of days different. So we got a lot of life-changing news all at the same time, which was incredibly overwhelming. And um, as we got farther into the brain tumor you know, treatment, we found out that it was actually the worst type of brain cancer there is. It was extremely aggressive, had a very, very short life expectancy. So it got like the news continued to get worse for a little bit. And so all of a sudden we're going from two people to four people and one person is like in grave danger. And so we're trying to figure out how to move forward, not knowing what the future looks like at all. And that was like incredibly difficult. And you know, in, in addition to all of the emotional stuff that comes up with all that, there's like practical plans that have to be made. And um, because of my financial background, there were parts of that planning process that were not new to me. Um, estate planning was something that I had done with all of my clients. It's something that my husband and I had put in place before we knew anything was wrong. So we were prepared in that sense. And then we had, you know, I was really familiar with how our disability insurance worked and how our life insurance worked. And I knew, you know, if I needed to manage our finances going forward, I was perfectly capable of doing that. So of all the things that we had to worry about, at least the financial part was not something that I needed to be stressing about. And I felt fortunate that that was the case because I know a lot of other people who have been in that same situation where financial survival is like at the top of their concerns. And it's terrible that you're going through something with you know your loved one and you have to be worried about financial stuff. And it's like, there's things to worry about that are more worthwhile than finances. But unfortunately, finances is something you have to consider. And so we got through, you know, the babies were born. He got through treatment. He's actually doing really well. Um, it's, it's never, it's never cured. It's never a non-issue. It'll always be something that, you know, he has to go get scans every couple months, but we're through that 
transition part for now. And um, looking back on that, I'm like, you know what? I would like to be able to take the financial stress off of women who are in some situation, either something like that, or whether it's divorce or some other traumatic event. Um, I My goal is to help alleviate the financial stress so that they can focus on the things that they actually care about and they actually should be worrying about. So that's how I decided to kind of adapt my career to, to my personal life because it just made me more passionate about helping women in transition once I became a woman in transition myself. Yeah, of course. Firstly, I mean, what a just tremendous story. Um, and the fact that you've been able to, um, you know, turn that into helping women and helping empower women in a different way, I just think is amazing. So kudos to you. Um, the, the big part that I got, um, or one of the many parts I got from, from what you said is the fact that because you were proactive about things such as estate planning, such as insurance, whether it's life or disability, um, because you had that part of the house in order, when the unexpected happened, you were able to, I mean, obviously still, uh, I can imagine a big hit um, to have to deal with that and you know navigate all the feelings that come up because of that. Um, but it was one less thing to, to have to worry about or one less thing to have to stress you out. Um, and I've talked about this in past episodes as well, just the importance of being proactive, of being intentional about your financial wellness, women in particular, every, really everyone, but women in particular, of you know, being intentional, being proactive, being thoughtful about what financial wellness, what financial independence means to you, um, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because stuff happens in life. Yeah. And it, it really yeah. equips you and puts you in a better position to deal with the unexpected when it does happen. So I think this is, I mean, yeah. your experience is a prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you're working with clients, you know, life changes are something that I've talked about a lot um, on this series. And, you know, what strikes me about life changes in particular is that there are moments to do something different, right? I mean, oftentimes, especially when they're unexpected, um, you know, we tend to bemoan them or, or they feel daunting or they feel overwhelming. And sometimes they are like <laughs> I've been there, um, but there are also opportunities, right? There are opportunities to do something different, to change your mindset. And so as you're working with clients, how do you empower your clients as they're going through um, these various life events? And then what are some of the situations that you've seen that can trigger a woman's need to rethink how she manages her money? So <clears throat> we all go through life events pre pretty much constantly <laughs> through our lives. And those events have a massive impact on our financial situation. So it's expected that we're going to have many of these events. Some of them are going to be good events. Some of them are going to be bad events. But either way, they're going to make a massive impact on our financial situation. And so we do the best to plan for the future. We do the best to prepare um, and when these changes occur, you really have to look back and reassess your plan. And some things are no longer going to work. Some things are, you know, up. Oh, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to do this instead. 
you have to be adaptable because that's just how life works. And um, but you have to you have to expect that your financial plan is going to adapt with your life because financial plans, you don't just like, oh, I got my financial plan together. Now I'm good to go for the rest of my life. Like, nope, it's a living, breathing thing that's going to grow with you and you're going to be it's going to adapt as you adapt and so you should be in the mindset that you're always kind of adapting the plan that's just how it is and so um when someone goes through some sort of transition i try to help them see like look this it doesn't mean that oh my gosh you're 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 hopeless like what the plan that you had is gone and you should just give up now like no it's it was it this was built to be changed mm -hmm. and um we can totally no matter what the circumstances are we can make some tweaks so that we get you back on track even if your goals have changed we'll get you on track to your new goals but it's it's like don't worry things have changed but we knew that that was going to happen we just didn't know what the details were going to be so i think that helps like reduce stress sometimes in a in an otherwise stressful transition with clients and there was a second part of your question i, I forgot the second part situations i mean we talked about death of a spouse divorce what are some of the other situations and life events um that you've seen that women can find themselves in that then trigger uh, the need to change how she uh, yeah her money there are so many. So graduating from college, mm -hmm. starting a career, retiring, having babies, having your babies move out, sure. you know, uh, moving in with a significant other, even if you're not getting married, mm -hmm. breaking up with someone, someone in your family passes away and you inherit money. I mean, all of these things, these are good and bad things that can totally change your financial situation. Yeah, I mean, that's and point. one of these things is bound to happen yeah. to you. I mean, right. no one is immune from life changes <laughs> multiple of them i mean in, in, in most people yes several have happened sometimes in one year you might have like five of them <laughs> you're like what's happening but i mean that's a great point yeah we talk about life events and we think you know the biggies marriage death of a loved one divorce um but yes there are so many other kind of micro events that happen in our lives and to your point these are all opportunities to rethink um, is the plan that I had yesterday now applicable or does it need to be tweaked? And then going back to what you were saying earlier, such a great point around the need for fluidity, the need for adaptability in terms of how we think of a financial plan. I mean, I've said in the in, in past episodes, you know, a, a financial planning is not an event, it's a process. And so to your point, exactly, it's not a one and done, right? Like, you don't just yep. do it and then you're like, check for the next 50 years, you're constantly yeah. having to, you know, rethink it, revisit it, tweak it. And to your point, not necessarily, you know, throw it all out if, if some aspect of your life changes, um, but keeping it fluid and being adaptable, just as we have to be adaptable when challenges in life get thrown at us. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same yep. set in, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's job security for me because any financial planning that I do for you in six months, it's going to be stale and you're going to need more planning. That's right. You're never done. Okay. That, that's right. I know. That's you're going to need me forever. forever. I'm just kidding. But, but in some ways, though, it makes it um, a little less daunting because the idea of having to like plan out the next, you know, 
40, 50, 60 years of your life right. financially <clears throat> right. for that matter is a totally different proposition than saying, let me take a snapshot of where I am today, um, you know, consider certain elements within that snapshot, knowing that in 6, 12, 18, 24 months, five years, you know, whatever it is, I, I will be revisiting this as my life changes. In some ways, thinking about it in that way makes it a little less daunting and, and takes kind of the, the overwhelming power out of it, you know? Definitely. And it's when I ask a 25 year old, what are your retirement goals? They're like, what? <laughs> So what is that? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I'm not, ex I'm not expecting you to have this vision of what you want your day-to-day -day life to be. Once you hit 65 years old, like if you don't know, it's totally fine. We just, once we get closer, things become more clear, you get more details and then you change the plan. It's totally fine. It does take so much pressure off of you now totally. to not have to have everything figured totally. out. And it's, it's probably why a lot of people, but women in particular delay retirement planning, right? Because at 25, like, who can really envision what their life will be in the next five years, right. plus in the next 40 years. And so, again, just think right. about it in those micro steps. And, you know, based on your life, your understanding your needs today, I think is, is just a great mindset for everyone to have to, to allow them to, you know, just create something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so what financial planning advice do you have for women who are recently single uh, for whatever reason? So I think when you're newly single, it's really overwhelming. And I'm talking just the financial part. Just the financial part is really overwhelming, especially if you haven't been the one that's been managing the finances for a while. That's true. That's that's totally normal. And it doesn't if you're not feeling good at finances, it's it's not that you are born bad at money. You just haven't done it in a while and you're rusty and that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And you can learn the things that you need to know to take it over and to be confident. But um, I think the most important thing before you worry about all the, oh my gosh, I need to learn what this is. And I need to learn what like, um, you know, cryptocurrency, I need to learn about all these crazy investment things. Like it's really to get, it's easy to get overwhelmed with financial stuff. Yes. But what I encourage people to start off with is you need to reassess your goals. Mm. That And it's, it's just as simple as just your own little world. Like, what are you trying to achieve in the short term, in the intermediate term, in the long term? What are, how have your goals changed? Because when you're when you're single, when you're newly single, most likely your goals have changed quite a bit. And before you start strategizing and figuring out what you need to do and what you need to learn and all these things, you need to know where you're going. Like, what am I trying to even accomplish here? And once you've identified your goals, I think it helps make strategizing easier because you're not trying to learn everything all at once. Mm -hmm. You're just like, okay, I need to prepare for retirement as a single person. So I need to figure out what that looks like. And I need to figure out if I'm on track or not that I can figure out, like I can either get some help with it or I can use an online calculator or something, but that's one thing that I need to figure out. Maybe I want to buy a home on my own and that's a specific goal. I want to do it in the next three years, you know, once you break it down into these 
super specific goals. And it takes a while to figure these out, by the way. You don't just like, oh, these are my goals. Like I, if someone asked me what my goals are right now, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you. But like, you just need to put some thought into it and define your goals first before you do the rest. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, I know what I'm trying to do. How am I going to do that? Um, I think that just makes it's gives you a process going forward of what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that you acknowledge that it's okay if you don't know what your goals are, particularly in the moment of in time when, you know, you're, you're going already through a, a major life. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think that there is this tendency for us to expect of ourselves that, you know, we'll have all the answers, even in the face of challenge, even in the face of the impossible. Yeah. And this acknowledgement, frankly, that it's okay to not have the answer at any given moment in time, as long as you're yeah. kind of mindful about getting to the answer or collecting the information you need to get to the answer um, and to identify, in this case, your financial goals, that is a win. That is progress. Yeah. Yeah. And if your goal is to survive the next year, that's a great goal. That's Absolutely. great. And then that way, you know, okay, at the end of this year, right. I'm going to reassess my goals. And by then all, you know, things have settled down a little bit. I have a little bit more emotional bandwidth right. and I can, I can deal with it then. But right now my goal is survival. I think that's a fabulous goal. That's been my goal for the past couple of years, oh, yes. having little kids, <laughs> like just, just surviving is all I want right. to achieve. <laughs> uh, if, if, if we do that, then I feel like that, that is an absolute, we're okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine. Uh, no, I mean, Rachel, I, I absolutely could not agree more. I wonder, before um, someone who's going through a life event change even gets to the point of you know, identifying the goals, are there other things? For example, if someone has lost an income, you know, if, if, if in getting a divorce, someone's lost an income, like what are some of the even preliminary steps that women may have to think through? Or if, you know, you're paying alimony or if you're maybe now receiving alimony, I mean, are there some kind of other preliminary steps that, um, women may need to think through before even getting to the point where they can identify their financial goals in a, in, in the longer range sense. Yeah. So they need to get their financial details organized. So especially if you've gone through a divorce or someone has passed away, a lot of times you're like, I don't know where my accounts are. I don't know what kind of life insurance we have. I don't know how the mortgage is being paid there. I mean, that's very common that people are bewildered yes. when they're on their own or even just like and passwords. I mean, so much is paid online now. It's like seriously passwords for all the portals that you need. Yeah, seriously. So those are going to be more urgent than like redefining your goals. So I, sh I, I, sh I could start there, but um, those things, you just need to gather that information and make 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 yourself a complete picture of what your financial life looks like so have a list of your different accounts have a list of your retirement accounts have a list of any loans that you have have a list of any insurance policies that you have you, you need to start gathering these details so that you know where you stand because there might be some bills that need to be paid urgently uh there might be you might find all sorts of things i have a client who's a widow a recent widow and all of her, all of their household bills were set up on auto pay with the husband's mm. individual checking account, mm. which froze when he died. So her cable was shut off. Her like 
TV, every, everything just like stopped working and she's a brand new widow. And she's like, Oh my God, my cell phone's turned off. And it was just this horrifying experience for her. But in that case, if you haven't done any organization prior, which is common, you really have to figure out, okay, I got to like sit down and figure this out right now. What bills need to be paid immediately? What is on the horizon? Like you need to get a sense of, um, your, your cash flow in and out. That's a pretty urgent thing. No, I mean, that, that makes complete sense and kind of harkens back to your earlier point, which is proactivity, right? To the degree you can have all your ducks in a row, have all these things organized, even if you're not the primary breadwinner or not the one who primarily manages finances in the household to the degree you can always, you know, in in past episodes, I've said, keep an eye on your money. Okay. (laughs) Even if you're not earning money, if that is household money um, being used to, to, you know, pay your living and other expenses, you should be keeping an eye on that money. And that means, you know, what is the cash flow? That means, you know, how do I access various accounts if needed? It's knowing balances. It's, it's again, that element of proactivity that allows you to be just better positioned when um, when the unfortunate does happen. Yeah, you can avoid some major crises if you do a little bit of prep work. And it's it's stuff that like people aren't thinking about, oh, what if one of us dies tomorrow? But I mean, stuff happens and it's not it's not just people dying unexpectedly. You can get sick, you can get injured. I mean, that can happen in a flash and you can be unable to pay your bills and who's going to do that for you and how are they going to know where to find all these things? You really, I mean, you really have to think about the worst case scenario, unfortunately, because that's, it's, it can happen to all of us. That's right. And I also wonder if it helps similar to what we were talking about financial planning earlier to not even think of it as like, again, some major event. I mean, maybe it's just like every three months, every quarter, you do like a check-in and just say, okay, do I have the entire lay of the land in terms of what's going on with household accounts? Yes, I do. Okay, done. See you again. And, you know, it's like changing the batteries on the smoke detector every six months. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Do, You're on the schedule. Right. It doesn't have to be something that totally consumes your time. It's really just yeah. that you have a pulse on it um, and are checking in on it, you know, periodically. Yeah. And I really like um, to help with organization. I really like account aggregators like mint.com or, you know, every bank kind of has their own. It seems like these days, but you know, those, those programs where you pull in details on your individual accounts and it kind of shows you everything at once. Those I think are really handy so that you can see where you stand. You can, I mean, you can see your account balances, all this stuff, but also like, if you're if you share that login information with your spouse, they can see a pretty complete picture of your finances if they needed to do something about it on the fly, which is really nice. So I think that's a nice, easy way to keep that stuff organized. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you link it and it's linked. Um, and there's not a lot of like work you have to do to maintain it and then it's just a matter of adding new accounts or new balances that, that's a great yeah. suggestion um maybe something i'll go and do right now after this after this conversation. i know <laughs> for that very much rachel um and then maybe just to wrap up uh we talked about divorce um but obviously grief is a is an element of of life changes um losing a loved one losing a spouse what advice do you have for 
you know, managing both grief and finances and getting through the decisions that need to be made when the unfortunate does happen. So grief will drain you like you've never been drained before. You will never have less brain power than when you're grieving. And I can tell you from experience, like, I can't remember if I ate breakfast two hours ago, like if I, like during a time where there's, you know, I'm dealing with something like that. I can't, I can't, I could barely tie my shoes. So when you are expected to make major decisions or figure something out that's complicated when you're in the middle of this grief, I just be really kind to yourself and try not try to avoid any of those decisions or tasks as much as you can. Some things you're just going to have to do, but really understand that your, your brain's not at peak performance right now. Your brain is literally in survival mode. And if you really need to do these, you get these certain things done, have someone that you trust come and help you try to offload, try to, you know, just offload some tasks to people. When you're going through something difficult, your loved ones want so badly to help you. And if you say, can you just come over and help me straighten out my bills? Cause I'm like, just so lost right now. Be willing to accept help because people are going to want to do that for you. And um, just don't try to like, I just got to power through this. Like, don't, don't try to overdo it because you just you just need to get through it and um you're you're not expected to be superman and get all this stuff done like just be kind to yourself because it's hard it's hard to get anything done yeah thousand percent rachel i mean this this theme of being kind to yourself really through everything (laughs) i think it's worth just hammering home as much as possible um having that compassion really that self-compassion with yourself um as and and not expecting too much is is just so essential and you know and ultimately helping helping us get through these difficult times um but then yes i mean the the saving grace might be that people are whom you trust um are making themselves available to you during this time yeah want to help so please take them up on that um, and don't try to be yes. the superhero and and power through and don't have this unrealistic expectation of yourself. Um, you know, absolutely, it's it's interesting. I never used to understand why folks o- always brought over food. Um, you know, when when someone passed, it's like you know, where's all, wh- why all this food? And my father passed away 15 years ago, and again, such a saving grace. Just something as um, seemingly little as that. Um, to not that, that my mother didn't have to worry about cooking that I didn't have to worry about seriously to find something. I mean, to your point, I was so drained and just so shocked by it all. Um, I didn't want to eat, but having someone who, you know, in their nurturing way and in their, you know, expression of love for me and my mother and our family brought over something um, made me want to eat, made me want to nourish myself, even though, uh, I was totally devastated. And so, you know, please, if you find yourself in that position of, um, grieving for someone, uh, let, let, let yourself be taken care of. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because feeding feeding yourself can be a struggle when you're going through something like that. Something as simple as just like making sure that you're eating. Yes. And a lot of people, I feel like when something happens, a lot of people are like, oh, let me know how I can help. But they don't really know what to say and they don't really know what to offer. Mm-hmm. And no one knows what to say in that kind of situation. No one, no one has like the magic words that's going to make it better. So if someone's, if they're kind of clunky and trying to help you, they're like, ah, oh, they're kind of awkward. Just be like, hey, can you come over and mow my lawn? Mm-hmm. Like they'll do it. They will be there. They want to, they want to help you. They, they want to, they will feel good about themselves if they're able to help you in your time of need and don't be embarrassed and don't like, just let people help you. And whether it's people bringing you food, I had the same thing. My, my mom would just like drive up, put a bunch of, she'd like come to my house, put a bunch of food in my fridge and then just like leave. Like, like I didn't even know she was there and it was, it, it got me through. I, I mean, I would, I had two little babies and my husband's going through all this treatment and like, I could barely go, I couldn't get groceries. And so just little things like that made such a huge difference. And I mean, we're talking about in the context of grieving, but to your point, I mean, you almost took the words out of my mouth in the sense that we can extend this to any life event. I mean, certainly becoming a parent for the first time was an experience. I mean, oh yeah, feed your new parent friends. Goodness, please, like they're starving. I promise you. I mean, I still talk about. I have three. My oldest is now almost ten, and I still talk about. You know, we brought him home from the hospital, and like I'd gone through a whole day, and I was breastfeeding and everything at this time, and like had gone through a whole day and not eaten. And it was like nine o'clock and I was just, I was just beside myself. I mean, frankly, because it hadn't occurred to me to eat that day. And you know, my husband tagged you on this one child. And so, I mean, I would extend that to really any um, life event, like be kind, be compassionate, you know, and, and, you know, find trusted people who can be there for you and want to be there for you and leverage that help, accept that help because it can really make all the difference. Really. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's all for today, Rachel. This was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Let's do it again sometime. Thank you so much. Absolutely. This was great. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. This is my pleasure. Yeah. Um, And thank you all for for tuning in, for listening, for watching. Uh, Please subscribe so you can check out future episodes of uh, the series. And until then, be empowered and be you. Mm